The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, and welcome to Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about... That is not how we start. I can't even remember in my life. Like, literally, I just blanked, and I was like, oh, no, words. (laughs) All right, you you start. You say your name. Uh, No, I can't start it. That's not how we start either. (laughs) Welcome to the 77th episode, uh, where we still have not established how we start this podcast. It's actually the 78th. (laughs) Proving... Proving my point. Hi, I'm Carolyn. <laughs> oh my god, my name is Marin. We have Robert Tiffin with us. <laughs> and this is Deep in the Heart of Pocky, a podcast that probably shouldn't be on the air because we're terrible at it. <laughs> Good thing this is taped ahead of time so we can edit out all this embarrassing shit. That won't happen. But <laughs> No, I know. it shouldn't happen. Honestly, people should know what kind of ship shape, top ship, great establishment this is. <laughs> We are such a professional podcast. I just want to hear you say ship shape a few more times. Ship shape, top shape, ship top. I don't even know. What's going on? It is our 78th episode. This is a podcast about the Dallas, nominally about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Ship shape shenanigans by the seashore. We are... Joined today by Robert Tiffin, defending Big D contributor and ne'er do well, who has already attempted to hijack the podcast a couple of times. Which I mean, obviously, given the way that we can't even start it, he should. Right? Robert, like now your podcast. Have fun. It's like it's like, is it really a hijack if it's an abandoned golf cart that's sitting there? <laughs> that is literally on fire? <laughs> I think mostly they would appreciate him just taking care of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you just want to take care of this and make it all go away, that's fine. We are now taking applications for hosts of our own podcast. Uh, so let us know if you think you would be a good fit to. You know, please save us. Please save us. We're drowning. <laughs> <sighs> well, I wouldn't want to host any podcast that would be willing to have someone like me as a guest. Good old Groucho Marx. Yes, Good thank you. Marks references. Yeah. Uh, and this is why we have Robert on. He is not only an expert on various stars things, but uh, really likes old movies, apparently. <laughs> a sense or of humor that is still in its nascent stages of development. Or at least has read those pithy quotes in the books that they sell at the near cash registers at bookstores. Ah, Who's that's true. Who's to say which it is? Probably the, the smart one. Let's let's pretend it's the smart one. With the reading and the books. With the reading and the books. Yes. I, I mean, mean, I'll let you pretend. That's fine. Yeah, like, let's not pretend that I don't actually get all of my references from, like, coffee table books that I have skimmed. <laughs> I actually I'm know the nothing about the world. sitting cross-legged in Barnes & Noble in the exactly. aisle. Exactly, getting just, yelled at for not purchasing anything yeah. at the Starbucks. Yeah. I'm just checking one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've sat down and read an entire book in Starbucks, a Starbucks, in Barnes and Noble on more than one occasion. So it's fine, whatever. Oh no, that used to be like my like rainy Saturday like go to. My mom and I would do that all the time. We didn't buy anything, and we wonder why brick and mortar failing. So uh, it's because of Amazon, not because you went in and with your mom and read a book while sitting there and didn't buy anything. It's because of Amazon. <laughs> No, it is true. That is because of Amazon. Fuckers. I yeah. feel like the next generation is probably going to refer to 
Starbucks as like a library or computer lab. Like, can we go to the library? Because they assume that's what the library is, where everyone <laughs> is just drinking coffee and reading and not actually like talking to anyone else. No, libraries are doing really well. Like that is like the one social service that is being used. Robert, have you not seen how millennials are actually saving the library? Oh no, no, no I just, I just meant because Starbucks is, has changed so much into a place where people just go. I'm, I'm making an old crotchety, out of touch joke about Starbucks, not about libraries, which I love and always will love. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. yeah, no, that's so fine. step off, step off. <laughs> my brother, my brother is make... a librarian, so you just watch yourself. I'll allow you to make a crotchety old man joke about libraries. Go for it. <laughs> We can make so many crotchety old man jokes on this podcast because we're going to be talking a lot about young Dallas Stars players. <laughs> the only kind there are these days. I know. <laughs> no, it's more like there's a there's really young ones and then there's like a vast gap and then there's the like Blake Comos. <laughs> oh man, a fun game to do with that is to say how who is older, like Mark Mathot, Jason Spetzer, or Blake Como? And and you just don't know. You're not sure. You're like, I think I, I knew this answer, that. but I'm not actually sure. Yeah. Now I'm gonna Google it. That, yeah. Once you get once you get into that range of the roster, it's kind of like, who is who do you think is older, Jason Spetzer or Mark Mathot? Uh, I think it's Mark Mathot. Jason Spetzer is two years older than Mark Mathot. Really? Jason Spetzer yes. 35 now. Yeah. Yeah. Just turned 35 in June. Yeah, I don't know how old Mark Mathot is, though. Yep. Well, Blake Como is 32. Oh Blake my Como god, is, I would not have guessed that. He is he is older than Roman Polak and <gasps> Alex Radulov. Mark Mathot is 33. Yep. How old is Martin Hansel? Yeah. Well, let's play that game. Hang on just a uh, second. Wait, do you mean how old is his body or how old? No, how old is he? His hairline is about 80. <laughs> Oh, and his it. eyebrows are about no his like his whole like what is that called where your that that ridge where your eyebrows are your brow your brow rib bone yeah the brow bone area that is like so <laughs> brow <much>. bone area <laughs> trying to make a joke about how he's like he looks like a caveman he's got a very that, prominent that brow is, bone. it is called something yeah it's called something i don't know what it's called uh he's 31 supra orbital ridge if you want to get really depressed, realize that Ben Bishop is older than Martin Hansel. Martin oh, Hansel. Yeah. Duct tape Martin Hansel, yeah. Well, so, but the thing is, Martin Hansel's body is well, older than mine. Okay. Like, that's different. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I have back problems, but I don't have those back Martin problems. Martin Hansel is not older than Ben Bishop. You are, you are incorrect. No, that's uh, what no, you said. said. That's what I said. Ben Bishop's older. Like, no, this goalie Ben Bishop gives is nine. not older. Oh, wait. Nope, that's because his birthday hasn't happened yet. Just kidding. What? Uh, ben it, Bishop's it, birthday hasn't happened yet, is what I'm trying to say. Well, he's, he's born in 86. Hansel's born in right. 87. I know. I wasn't that looking does... at the years. I was looking at the months. Robert, geez, I'm trying to tell you you're right and oh, I'm wrong. Oh, well. You I need mean, to you take this moment, that. Robert, and savor it because it never happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm so unfamiliar with what to do. <laughs> Apparently, geez. <laughs> I, I think I'm supposed to apologize at some point, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so speaking of people who play for the Dallas Stars, because I was trying to sub, I was trying to like shoehorn us into a direction at some point here. Matis Janmark finally got his new contract, and it's only like a one-year deal. 
which is completely opposite of everything we thought it was going to happen. Yes. yes. I wish we had a Jerry Seinfeld uh, sort of bit running for every RFA contract. What's the deal with <laughs> Matthias Janmark? That's you can just take that. That's free. You can do whatever you want with it. And for him, it's a prove it deal. I mean, it's clearly a pr- like, but I guess I don't know. Yeah. I. I mean, I know it is, right? Like, that's obviously, yeah. a th- it obviously is a prove-it deal. I'm just yeah. a little surprised that that's what they're doing. Yeah, it makes it, like, his agent, didn't his agent say that it was sort of a, I mean, he made that reference, obviously, to them working on other stuff with maybe Carlson and or Tavares before that. Um, and so maybe it helps them to have some dollars freed up instead of doing a long-term deal. But I would think, knowing Jim Nill, he would have liked to do, like, a four, five-year deal if he could have. So I'm not sure this was only the stars pushing for a one-year deal. Yeah, and I mean, pretty clearly, probably, actually, Janmark pushing for a one-year deal because yeah. he's still an RFA next year, but he still has arbitration rights. Mm-hmm. So even with a, like with a two-year deal, he'd go straight into free agency if they didn't come yeah. together. Whereas, oh yeah, I, I don't think the stars wanted a two-year deal at all. Yeah, they want to buy out some UFA years if they're going to yeah. do a long deal. Yeah. So I think everybody is probably happier with a one-year deal from both sides yep. than going yep. to like a two-year deal. But also, I'm a little shocked. I definitely thought they were going to get like a four-year or five-year deal for Janmark. Yeah, me too. But that makes sense why it lingered a little bit longer into the summer than some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Did and go ahead. Oh, I don't know. I was just going to try and like buy more time on this topic. <laughs> nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to segue to the one remaining arbitration case, but I don't know if we're going there yet. We are going there. That was literally topic number two, yeah. <laughs> that is literally topic number two. Yes. Um, Matthias Yamark shall be healthy forever, and he's a wonderful, wonderful hobbit-faced man. And he's probably yes. trade bait. I saw him in a bar on his uh, first game night, and ever since then, I have felt... Uh, that we have a special bond because we both drank alcohol in the same establishment. <laughs> what was he so, drinking? What was he drinking? This is very important. Oh, I don't know. He was sitting in a corner with his parents. Aw. That's cute. That's wonderful. I yeah, I wasn't like sitting next to him or anything. That would have been a little weird. Would it have been weird? I was hoping you were going to say he was just drinking scotch all alone and smoking or something. I really wish he... Well, first of all, there's no smoking in the W bar. Yeah, um, but that, how cool would it be, though? I mean, I don't know. I feel like that would be, like, I would watch one of my pro players on my team pl- smoking in a bar and be like, mm, I feel like there's some long-term conditioning issues here. <laughs> hello, 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 it is me, Sergei Zubov. I have to talk about the long-term conditioning with the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Hall of Fame player Sergei Zubov? Uh, da. Da. <laughs> I do mean. I do mean, of course. <laughs> and no more moose and squirrel jokes. They are old. They were old ten years ago. They were never old. I'm sorry. Still not old. <laughs> never going to be old, especially since probably there are some listeners who have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about <laughs> moose and squirrel jokes. Because you know who are old? Us. <laughs> <laughs> so old. Rocky Bullwinkle. It's a. It's a cartoon. A cartoon, <laughs> a tune for the car, and what do kids love? They love tunes and cars. If I know anything, that's so true. Yes, you the old motor coaches. You know what makes jokes better, Robert? When you explain them. 
Yeah. Stay here on the pulse of humor, this one. (laughs) So the only person left to sign is Jamel Smith. And based on everything we've been told, he is going to go to arbitration. They aren't going to come to some sort of agreement beforehand. And in fact, Jamel Smith just passed through waivers. And A, no one knew he was on waivers. So I feel like it was kind of bullshit. Uh, we didn't get uh, anybody yelling at us that he went on waivers, and we got gypped out of the uh, ability to argue about whether or not teams should pick him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't I mean, do they not have to announce that they're putting him on waivers? They can just quietly do that because I thought I, mean, I was on vacation. No, um, they can, like the teams know who goes on waivers, but like no beat reporters said anything until he passed, and it was really okay. weird. Like, no one knew that he had been on waivers. So, okay, so the teams, but the, the other teams did know that he had gone on waivers. So, I mean, like, because that's, a, in my mind, that is another point in, like, against Jamel Smith in the whole arbitration process in general is like, hey, we put you on waivers. Nobody else picked you up for free. So, yeah, not no. for free, but, you know. And that's exactly so, why like, they did it, like, to get. Which to get. feels like a pretty shitty bargaining tip, if you like, but, you know. I guess you've got to do what you got to do in the whole process. but Yeah, yeah. So we do actually have a question about this. Uh, Andrew L.A. asks, can you give non-racial reasons for the disparity in contract treatment in Jamel Smith versus Shore and some of the other RFAs? So uh, I think, who was it? Shore signed a new contract. Jan Mark obviously signed a new contract. Uh, Those are the three that were going to go to arbitration. Yeah. So. But I feel like somebody else, like Ellie or somebody, signed something stu- like small. Um, yeah, but he wasn't going to arbitration. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. It is a really bad look, though, that the one black guy on the team is going to full-on arbitration, like, probably not going to find some sort of deal beforehand. Because, yeah, those other two were going to arbitration, but it was kind of always understood that you would find a deal beforehand. Whereas that doesn't seem to be the case here. I mean... I don't know what they were talking about signing him for. So I don't know what he's holding out for, yeah. but if he's wanting longer, I mean like Jan Mark took a one year deal. Sure. Wasn't making that much anyway. So uh, if he's valuing himself higher than those guys, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not going to sign a one year deal. Yeah. And like, I think the other thing is that like, I can't make the case for him even getting the amount of money that they are getting based on, his past results. And it's not that I don't think Jamel Smith actually would be a very, very useful player because mm-hmm. I think we've all talked about this from a, from a staff standpoint is he is extremely mm-hmm. goddamn productive in the limited minutes he gets. Yeah. But yes, there's so few minutes to base him on yeah. that. How do we know that that's exactly what, who he is? Right. Yeah. Because even if you do come come at the the arbiter, and, and again they talk about, I think I've seen a couple of beat reporters talk about how like time on ice and usage they take the, they factor that in pretty heavily in arbitration. So that's probably another reason the stars are fine going to arbitrations because they'll think, look, you can talk about scoring rates and everything, but we can just you know slap the small sample size canard on things and mm-hmm. walk away, and we'll be pretty confident that you're not going to be making you know 1.5 million after this. So yeah. I can't remember what the qualifying offer was. I think seven something, seven twenty five, seven ten, something like that, um, was their qualifying offer they gave to him. So, I, you have to think it's some that his camp probably wants 
my gut says something like 1.1 or 1.2, something like that. But I don't think they're going for like a $2 million deal just because, like you said, there aren't really the results uh-huh. in the primary categories to justify it, um, which sucks because there would be, I think, especially last year, if you look at what he was doing compared to some of the other people who were getting those minutes like Brett Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah, his qualifying offer probably is something close. It's probably close to seven five, right? Yes. Or no, it'd be close to like. Be out a while ago, but I'm not going to. Because that's it's one, it's like 110 percent basically is your qualifying offers. Yeah, and he was making 700 last year. Yeah. So I mean, I could see signing him for a million dollars just because I do believe in his potential. But if they're trying to save money, like we were talking about with Yonmark, they're gonna. Go yeah. Than that. yeah. I mean, cap management, they'll say like, that's the, you know, obviously nothing against the player, but it's business, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you, you all have talked about it ad nauseum, but you know, it's always business until you want the other player to sign a longer extension to give you a hometown discount. And then it, then it's personal, mm-hmm. but it's all business when you have all the leverage. Yeah. I don't know. I think I can't see this being a racial thing as far as this contract negotiation. I think it's very clear that Ken Hitchcock didn't like Jamel Smith that much as a player. Which may or may not be a racial thing. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, throw that, like, say, like, this is absolutely a racial thing for him. But the good news is, like, from an organization standpoint, we have never heard any of the, like, you know, red flag words, like, locker room problem or distraction or, or any of that. Like, from everything I've heard about Jamel Smith, he's actually doing really well in the organization as far as, like, working hard. Like, he's been praised for his work ethic and all of that kind of stuff. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. I would... I would... I'm not going to say it's not racial because, obviously, I'm not there. I don't know anything. I don't... I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the front office. I don't know the motivations behind it. But based on the moves that we can see, it seems like... A fairly normal negotiation process and in fact this is kind of the same negotiation process that just happened with the flames and a guy named garnet hathaway who was basically off like you know given a qualifying offer went to arbitration ended up settling for just a little bit over his qualifying offer and he passed through waivers also like i mean it's so it's it's not an unusual thing to do to put a person on waivers if you're going to arbitration and they're they don't have a lot of leverage they're certainly not singling Smith out in the grand scheme of NHL things. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think some of our, or at least my, I mean, and I mean, our like in terms of stars fans, um, some of our judgment is a little bit impacted by his, his path uh, to the NHL where he at one point was sort of almost a non-prospect and got sent back down to the ECHL. Um, And he's like you said, really worked hard and seized a couple of opportunities to get where he is. So even the fact that he's, able to go to arbitration as an NHL player, that's a pretty cool story. And so it kind of, I just on a personal level, it kind of sucks to see him being the last one remaining and him, the team not able to, you know, hammer something out and him not having as much leverage. Cause I kind of feel like, Hey, this should be a really cool feel good story of someone who is a valuable player has worked really hard to get where he is and has a lot of potential still. And, you know, in a vacuum, it seems like the team is trying to, you know, squeeze every extra dollar they can out of him when you'd like to see them reward him or something. But I think mm-hmm. as Jim Nill always says, we live in a cap world. So this, this is what happens to players without leverage. We live in a cap world until they sign Roman Pollock. 
Would you say that we're living in a material world? I almost spit water on my keyboard. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Sorry. Demon, our girl's best friend. I don't want to. I don't want to make y'all rehash Roman Polak and just why, (laughs) why, but I mean why, why. Is, like, is Roman Polak the new Jamie Alexiak? I thought we were going to say his name. Okay, is is Roman Polak the new the new whipping boy prior to even season start? <laughs> this is see, this is the thing, and I don't I don't want to go off because I know we have other stuff to talk about. But this is a thing that I think. Robert, we don't drives, we don't have other really, stuff to talk Robert, about. We don't. <laughs> it's I, July. I don't know if you notice what what nothing. time of year it is, but yeah. no, we don't have a lot to talk about. I mean, this is, it's not about, oh, is he a good player or bad player? Or is he signed a bad player? Oh, this is like Martin Hansel. Or, oh, this is like blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is, you know, I remember last summer, some of us were, like myself included, were getting a little bit annoyed at a couple of the, you know, kind of marginal guys that got brought on that never really ended up taking uh, significant minutes. You know, they mostly spent it down in uh, in the in the AHL as like insurance type players. And okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to get too annoyed about that. But bringing on someone like this to an NHL contract, so you're already taking a cap hit, like you referenced, it doesn't make i mean and eric condra is another one of those guys who are like okay as long as he stays down there i guess that's fine it's just insurance but why why there's nothing you don't understand that's the thing it, it's so frustrating because we don't understand the criteria that jim nil is using assuming it's him and that he's not having his hands tied at times like they you see really smart moves and really astute like oh man this seems like someone who's really finding a uh, competitive, uh, what's it called the the money ball crap. Uh, you know advantage. what I'm talking about. Competitive market inefficiency. Yes, yes, yes. Competitive market inefficiency. Um, and then he'll turn around and do something where you blow up like all the cap space that you've worked really hard with other smart moves, like Tyler Pitlick. That's a fantastic contract. That's such a good like buy low deal. And then you turn around, and that's going to be totally canceled out by Martin Hansel because they had to replace Cody Eakin. And what he did had and the, to replace is the yes. like is the weirdest phrase like I so weird I, yeah it's a, it just doesn't make sense it just doesn't you cancel out all of your other smart moves it's like oh this person is really really frugal and they're saving up all this money by not eating out except then once once a year they spend forty dollars at Applebee's what are <laughs> they doing why would you okay if you want to spend a nice meal like okay sometimes that's fun but you're going to Applebee's what are you doing. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even fathom. Like I, I like their like uh their their like uh chicken salad. They have some thing with like <laughs> pretty good. But speaking of Applebee's, did you see Tom Wilson's big fat contract? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Caro's for sure. Don't insult Applebee's like that. What? I that's like never... built Caro's right there. Oh, I had no idea what you just like. I've never heard that word in that that okay. chain in my life. Carol's is like like a Denny's for for older people. Oh. So like a Denny's for that's Denny's. like a that's like Luby's here. Luby's. I will uh, not allow you to say anything mean about Luby's. I'm not. I'm sorry. I will. That sounds like a restaurant. Uh, you have to be 18 years old to go into. It's a cafeteria. No, of you course. have to be 65. 
You have to be 65 or the parents of super picky kids that will literally only eat the macaroni and cheese from Luby's. It's like Tom, it's like the golden, Tom Wilson is the golden corral. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, but I want to say the Luby's is not, it's like a step above golden corral because it's not a fucking buffet where kids are sneezing on your food before you eat it. But Tom Wilson would. Tom Wilson would sneeze on your face. <laughs> like, he's not just sneezing on your food sneakily. He is walking up to you, sneezing in your face, and then walking away. <laughs> Actually, I think what Tom Wilson does is he waits for a kid to be about to sneeze in front of the mac and cheese. Then he comes from behind and plows that kid right in the numbers, and the kid's face goes <laughs> into the mac and cheese. Then he sneezes. Meanwhile, the Caps fan, who has watched the entire thing, says, that was shoulder-to-shoulder contact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, officer. I don't know what you were looking at, but I'm sure that was legit. I'm sure that if you look at the tape, you will see that was clearly shoulder-to-shoulder. You have to judge it in real time. If you slow it down, it looks worse than it actually is. And you've got to go with what the officials are seeing at the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he barely got any mac and cheese up his nose. Now that, now that we've... Uh... Alienated an entire fan base mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Listen, if they haven't been alienated by your Tom Wilson rants before, I know. Are they really going to be alienated by them now? No, probably not. I Is and it... honestly, I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, no one thought you were. <laughs> no, no one would make that mistake ever. <laughs> so he just signed a contract. I think it's a what is like a five year con- six year contract for five point basically $2 million with a modified no-trade clause. All right, all right. I have a serious question for you right now. Have you stopped laughing since you heard about this? Because I haven't. (laughs) I was really hungover when I heard about it, so I was very much just trying not to vomit. And not because of this contract, but I was trying not to laugh because now it would make me want to vomit more. I was laughing so hard. And then I read the deal out loud to the friend who I was staying with. And we, she, she, had, she used to follow hockey and she hasn't really in the last couple of years uh, because she was my Blackhawks friend. And um, yeah, it's, she was like, wait, is this the same Tom Wilson? There's not a new Tom Wilson. I was like, <laughs> no, this is the same Tom Wilson. And then she, then she was asking me, did I mean, did he suddenly get better? <laughs> I was like, no, no, he's still playing the same. It's all just the same. I don't understand. <laughs> I, my, changed. my theory on this is that Jim Benning or whatever whatever puppet um, is running the Vancouver Canucks for the Aquilinis um, is looking at at. Uh, Oh man, I'm, I have this all backward. Uh, the, who's the Caps GM? Whatever, McClellan. Brian or, McClellan. Yeah. Brian McClellan. Yeah, yeah. He was looking at uh, the Canucks and saying, "Oh look, they signed Russell and Beagle for six million dollars for the two of them. I could sign a player who is twice as good as either of those guys for less than twice as much. So this is a value buy." It's like how you justify <laughs> buying like forty boxes of Quaker oatmeal squares at Costco. Like, well. Actually, if I buy 40, then I'm saving money, so I'd be stupid not to buy it. 
Do you feel like this is the proud thought that he had that he then tried to justify to somebody after the deal was already made and he couldn't back out of it? And then they called him an idiot and then he realized what an idiot he was. But now he's like, he can't not, he can't, he can't say that it was a bad deal. He's got to triple down on it being a good idea. Yeah. Oh, and no, he did whatever he's he had absolutely does. eating his oatmeal. Like he's like, mmm, oatmeal. <laughs> this I is fucking my love favorite. oatmeal. <laughs> And Brian McCall did what every GM does. Yeah. <laughs> if you if someone accuses you of making a bad deal, you just pull up the Canucks cat friendly page and say, <laughs> "Well, um, au contraire." <laughs> if you want to see a bad deal, step over this way. God. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question because I was actually talking to a Caps fan last night. I was at my mom's uh, 60th birthday party, and um. Uh, I've talked about him on the on this podcast before. Actually, my friend's boyfriend, who is there, is a big Stars fan, and his uh, one of his good friends was visiting, and he's a big Caps fan. And so uh, I, we were talking a little bit about it. And his friend had uh, was really in, was a very analytically minded person, and had started doing like football analytics. Like he was a big Ravens fan, and he said very specifically, he okay. was like. I try not to, he's like, I read Russian Machine Never Breaks, but I actually really try not to understand the fancy stats stuff because I don't want it to take away the magic of the game. And I was talking to him about this contract and he was like, la la la, I don't care, I don't care. This contract is really bad, but you know what's great? Winning the Stanley Cup. He's like, I'm just not going to listen to anything. Like, I get what you're saying, but I don't want to hear it. Like, Wouldn't you like to keep winning the Stanley Cup though? I mean, or are you just good with that one time? Well, I mean, it's a question, though. Like, do you think... Because, Robert, you're into stats, and I, I know it's not that... Uh, Marin, you're, you you understand them, but you don't seek them out as much, I don't think. Uh, but, like, do you think that I has... I my life. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what you do in your free time is up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Do you think has as uh, having the numbers like like really understanding and digging into numbers has has changed the way you feel about the game? Like not so much like the way you watch the yeah. game, but the way you feel. Yeah, I think uh, I think it depends on how invested you want to be in the game. Because I think when you, the more numbers you look at, the more it challenges. Uh, you challenge yourself, I guess, by saying there is more information. So I can say, you know, it's kind of like players that say, you know, oh, look at what Roussel brings. Like, they're going to miss that. You need a player who will stand up for other people. And like, hey, that's a way to enjoy the game. Like, that's a legitimate thing. You want to go, you want to see a player doing that, stirring things up, and you really like that and value that. You're probably going to find a way to justify that because you don't want to, like, you know, necessarily do all the work. And that's not, that sounds really condescending, but I think that's totally legitimate. Like, I mean, that's the way I watch like uh like field hockey in the olympics like i'm not researching all this stuff i just love seeing people like put their stick almost parallel to the ground three inches off of it and fling these crazy passes across like a dyed blue sport turf and scoring ridiculous goals like that's amazing i want to enjoy it that way i don't want to like actually say well this field hockey player is sneaky good but people don't realize it because of these other stats that obscure that like i, mm-hmm. I just want to enjoy it as like you know, uh, I want to consume it, I guess. So I guess it depends on more if you want to consume it or if you want to metabolize it. Um, and for hockey at some point, I don't know. I think 
there are teams maybe where I would prefer not to see, well, maybe this might be the plan. Like, I would just rather look at the Canucks and say, oh, oh boy, Eric and Branson is making John Klingberg money. <laughs> That's amazing. That's just amazing. Good for them. I hope he's great. Yeah. You don't want to see how the sausage is made when it comes yeah. to the Canucks because you really, really don't want to see what they're putting into that. <laughs> yeah. And with how, like, with how much room there still is to grow in terms of uh, hockey analytics, if you want to use that phrase, uh, it's kind of helpful. I don't know. It's kind of fun to say this is what we know now um, from our perspective, and this is what we can say and can't say now. And then five years from now, maybe to look back and say, oh, it's so interesting. Just, I mean, I followed baseball. Uh, and still do follow it somewhat closely, not as closely as I used to, but it was the same sort of thing where on base percentage here around 2002, 2003, Moneyball came out, the book and stuff, and the A's, um, and that was like kind of this huge thing, and on base percentage instead of just batting average, whoa, walks are actually good, no, no one knew that, like, it, it, it's kind of fun to go on that journey because you know that there's still so much more to learn, so that part of hockey I kind of like, because it's not about being the nerdy, you know, contrarian who goes all bazinga on everyone to like... <laughs> deconstruct all of their myths. I will kick you off your call, the call if you do that again. <laughs> That's nice. Do, wait, which part again? We don't stand for Big Bang Theory references on this podcast. Oh, that, okay, no, we don't. You're right. You're correct. Yeah, no. Okay, I can't win. I'm, I'm <laughs> either wrong for making uh, Groucho Marx references because they're out of date, or I make no. the new show. Uh, excuse me, no one told you you were wrong for making Groucho Marx references. Duck Soup is like my second favorite movie of all time. Like, no. What's your first never... favorite? First favorite. First favorite. Can't say second favorite, not say first favorite. My first favorite kind of changes, but I That's have a redundant. lot of love. Um, no, my first favorite is probably American Beauty. It was a very impactful movie for me when I was 15. And it holds up pretty well still. So. Um, pass. I hate that oh, movie. We're, are we around the rooming this? No, I mean um, I don't I, think it's like oh, the you best mean movie ever movie. made. Oh, okay. Okay. I get I to just... I get to pass judgment on things that Carolyn says because it's a my it's our okay. podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I thought you were passing on your turn of naming your favorite movie. No, no, no. I'm passing I'm on Carolyn calling I'm it her favorite. For this. I'm pretty confident in our entire friendship revolves around you passing judgment on things that I say, whether we're being recorded or not. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. Uh, because you, uh, so most of my friendships are based on me passing judgment on something or other, obviously, because I'm just a judgy person in general. But the best friendships are the people who either A, then accept my judgments, or B, tell me to go fuck myself with my judgment. And you have always been one of the go fuck yourself with your judgment type people, which is fine. <laughs> That's fine. Because, like, I have a really strong opinionated personality, and it's too much for a lot of people. Uh, but it works out really well with with either the people who tend to agree with me all the time or the people who tend to tell me to go fuck myself. Oh. So, <laughs> okay, so whatever what is it is. your favorite movie of all time? Me? Yeah. I don't have a favorite movie of all time. I refuse to pick one favorite movie of all time. Well, that's, I mean, I guess I, that's the thing is like, it is really, really hard to be like, this is my favorite movie of all time. Because again, I, you know how many times I've actually seen American Beauty? Probably three total. But I just remember, yeah. like, having such a visceral response to it the first time I saw it as a teenager that I was like, it, it you know, it will stick in there somewhere, whether or not it's actually a good movie. Because the other thing I could have said was Hackers, because I fucking love that movie, and it's objectively terrible. Okay, so if we're talking about a movie that we saw as a teenager that absolutely, like, changed our opinion on the way movies are made or the way stories are told, that movie is playing by heart. I don't think I've ever seen that. 
I don't know what that is. It is a very, very low budget, very niche film. Uh, that so much indie cred. So much. I know. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it can't be that much indie cred because it fucking stars Sean Connery and Angelina Jolie. So like, <laughs> okay, not actually that much indie cred. It was just a quiet film that didn't really get a lot of press because for reasons. And uh, it was the it was the first one of the movies that I had seen that I had seen at that time that did the thing where it had all of these characters that it introduced you through to throughout an entire movie and then didn't tell you how everything was connected until the very very end. But you had all of these people that you that you were like kind of learning about their life stories and all these like things that they were going through and it was all these different like stories uh like kind of each each one it was each one was a love story but it was a different kind of love story there was this old married couple and that was sean connery and his wife and then uh there was a mother and son and the son was dying of aids and his mom didn't even know he was gay and then there was like you know all these different things and it was kind of like how they all connected at the very very end and it was a really 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 beautiful movie and i loved it forever but like it's also one of those that's kind of like you can look at it and go there are things that could have been done a lot better about like with this movie like some of the some of the writing was pretty cheesy and different things like that. But I, I like for that for a long time. I saw the movie when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and like that movie just blew it away. Where for like what I expected from films after that. What I'm taking away from this though is that love actually is plagiarism. Love that actually sure sounds like it. Plagiarism. When I saw Love Actually, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm mad at this movie for telling the story better than Playing by Heart did. It's like, <laughs> absolutely cribbing on what Playing by Heart did, and it's doing it better, and it made me angry. <laughs> like, when I first saw play, uh, Love Actually, I was like, you bastard. <laughs> How dare you? But I think it was also like, that was a movie made by Brits, and this is a movie, made, like, Playing by Heart was a movie made by Americans. So, you know, maybe it's just that, like, the Brits do everything better when it comes to media. Uh, yeah, it, that would seem to be true with all of the mystery mur- murder mysteries I've been watching lately. Speaking of feelings, do we want to talk about happy things? Sure. Mary, why don't you go first? Because I know you have happy things. Oh, God, mine's so easy. I just got back from an eight-day-long vacation, and it was, like, the whole week was a happy thing. I went to Michigan to visit my best friend, and um, she lives off of the shores of Lake Michigan, the lake they call Michigan. And uh, it was basically, like, she's she's somebody that we... We don't necessarily, like, go on a shit ton of adventures. We really like to just hang out in each other's presence and do, like, sometimes fun, sometimes boring shit. Like, we watched a shit ton of Death in Paradise this weekend. This, ah, like, I love that show! It's so great. Although, when I first watched it, I didn't really realize how, like, British colonial it is. <laughs> like, I was watching it this weekend cringing sometimes because I was like, oh, that colonial attitude still so strong but um i do like i do love that show don't get me wrong it was just a little uncomfortable at times. like oh, oh yeah no. no all of it all of those shows have like again i started this whole murder mystery podcast with my friend sabrina and we're like going through 1990s midsummer murders right now and yeah. like uh... it, like talk like talking through some of the different like 
there's a lot of really good gay characters in that early part of Midsummer Murders, which I didn't even think about until I started doing this podcast. But like then watching the reaction of the world around these characters is so it's, yeah. it's a lot. So yeah, I mean I went up there for my birthday. So on my actual birthday, we went to a place called the Cheese Lady and they have like what basically is a cheese sommelier who introduces you to a large wide variety of cheeses and then you pick ones you want to buy and we spent I wasn't supposed to tell her mother how much we spent but we spent $55 on cheese that seems reasonable for a birthday though mm-hmm. I think so too I think so too so we ate the cheese over the over the rest of the week and I mean we I didn't actually get to finish all the cheese I left her with a lot of cheese but man it was so good uh we went to the lake and went swimming um and I got a choco tan which is so sexy um, you know, gotta gotta show off that taco tan. What, what is that? What? Wait, it's a sandal, wait. A you mean the sandals? Sandal. I thought you meant like chocolate. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got. Oh, you. yeah, I smeared chocolate all over myself and then sat mm. under the sun. Mm, mm. So mm. No, no, taco the sandal. Taco the. Sandal. No, I'm not sorry too. I'm not thinking about sandals anymore. No, you're thinking about taco. That's fine. Mm. Mm. I completely understand. Yeah, and so yeah, it was just a really fun week. Um, we ate a lot of delicious food. There's a place in her town that does edible cookie dough. You scoop so it out like dough. an ice cream thing. Yeah, well, yes, but like they can sell it in a store because it doesn't have eggs. <laughs> so you know, like. But then, this, no one's ever got salmonella, salmonella from raw eggs. No one in the world has ever gotten that. No, that has not happened. That's I, not I'm actually true. I, no, well, I, I'm not talking about like in terms of actual data, and you know, I would never like. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> like, I'm talking about terms. okay. That's I fine. mean, that's, that's fine. just not you know, that's like a thing you know where we say, oh, don't you know, talk on your cell phone by the gas pump or something. No, that's not a. That is, don't worry about that. Just don't spend any time ever thinking about that. Same thing with raw eggs and salmonella. Eat all of the cookie dough. If you are like the one person that gets sick from eating raw cookie dough, like that, you're something else yourself. terrible. You're going to get hit by lightning in three weeks anyway. So like, yeah. who cares? You're just going to uh, be that. Well, Robert, to your point, the second time I really wanted cookie dough, instead of spending the money on their cookie dough, we just went to the store and I bought so I made a new kind of cookie that was the most delicious kind of cookie I've ever had. You take cake mix, you add two eggs and a half a cup of oil to it, and then you make cookies. And that's it. That's literally all you have to do. That's the entire thing. And they make the softest, most delicious cookies ever. But the cookie dough is really super delicious, too. Mm. I You lost me at the cake part. You don't like cake? I mean, it doesn't actually taste like it's not cake consistency. It's cookie consistency. This is like where the biggest compliment you can give cooked fish is that it doesn't taste like fish. So that proves my stance on cake. <laughs> See, I made a cake yesterday and it was delicious. Meh. Robert. Oh, why, was, it, was it a raisin cake? No. Oh, Robert! No! Why? <laughs> no, but there was a carrot cake that I didn't make. I made a coconut pecan cake at my mom's request. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's not. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy. Fucking delicious, Robert. Oh, uh, well, well. So, what's your happy thing, Robert? Mr. <laughs> Dower Raisin Robert? Uh, but apparently, Dower Cake Robert. Like, who the hell Dower is Cake Robert? Cake? I don't know if this I... is worse than, like, your Bazinga earlier. <laughs> oh, nothing's worse than that. Uh, I had ice cream yesterday that was so good. Um, and it, it's been, like, really crazy hot here in Seattle, too. So, I was walking around eating ice cream, and there's this kind called. Uh, there's this little like sort of deli. It's called Husky Deli here in West Seattle, and um, there's this. It has like it, it's an enriched vanilla ice cream with dark chocolate chips, 
so I had that ice cream, and then the other scoop was a choc- uh, chocolate coffee Oreo ice cream. Ooh. So it's like chocolate coffee ice cream with Oreo chunks. Because, like, Wait. cookies and cream is great. Like, I could always eat cookies and cream. But it's always kind of like, it's basically vanilla ice cream with Oreos, which is great. But, like, we can we can do better. And this is just saying, let's let's crank that up a few more notches. So Robert, that was... I, have a, I have a quick question. Yeah. How hot is really hot in Seattle? That's, okay, I, real, I maybe misspoke. <laughs> like, 90. <laughs> okay, come back to me. Hit, hit me up when you're hitting 109, okay? <laughs> it, when when Seattle hits 109, most of the rest of the world will no longer exist, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, so yes. so so let let's cool in on the really super hot then. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I've I've made that mistake a couple of times. <laughs> oh man, it's unbearable here. And then I get a withering uh, look from anyone from the biggest state in the lower forty-eight. I mean, I'm, I know I know that we have all made our choices, and here we are living here on purpose. But yes. yeah, I just want a little respect. Is all I want. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I will not Rodney Dangerfield you, I promise. <laughs> I appreciate that as well. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Hey, come on. Yeah. Not not no. gonna do that. Not gonna do no. that. Okay. You were you were so close. You are towing so... the line, Robert. <laughs> I was I was reaching and fiddling with my collar, but then I put my hand down and said, No, no. <laughs> not, not even wearing a tie. What am I doing? Thankfully, this is not a visual podcast, but my hand is hovering over the disconnect button. If we're a visual <laughs> podcast, though, now would be the time where I would embed a link of the cartoon movie Rover Dangerfield, in which a singing dog voiced by Rodney Dangerfield has adventures, mishaps, and zany hijinks. It Don't is worry. Carolyn can add it to the post it if we really feel worst. like. It is the worst. Don't ever watch it. It's terrible, <laughs> but also you should watch it. Like hackers. Let's have Rodney Dangerfield sing. Also, he's a dog. No, no. What? The kids will love it. The kids love Rodney Dangerfield. I've never what? even heard of this film. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's like if you had Norm Macdonald like, do a Blue's Clues movie or something. It, oh, it would God. Just, what what is, is going on? This is the worst Venn diagram I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, that sounds awful. Why yeah. would you do that to yourself? Why would anyone do that to anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Carolyn so it was pretty good. Ice cream. Reader question. <laughs> so wait, no, Carolyn, did you do your happy thing? Oh, no, I didn't do my happy thing. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, I'll be doing my first session as a dungeon master for my Woo! work D&D club. That's and cool. I'm really goddamn excited about it. But so I had set a deadline for all of my players who are this is their first time ever playing D D. ever 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 mm. uh so i'd set them a deadline for to get their like character sheets in and you know obviously i was like okay ask me questions i'm here to help like i know you guys will have questions and like no one got their character sheets in at all and i was like fuck what if they actually don't want to play like what if this is all in my head and i'm the only one excited for it and i was like, getting very anxious about it and then Finally, the first guy got his character in, which I'm very excited about. Uh, he's a beach bum barbarian named Bodhi, and all he cares about is surfing and raging. Anyway, so he was the first one in there, so I was like, okay, five gold to you, even though they're not going to be able to buy anything whatsoever in the game that we're about to play. And 
just like by saying you get an extra five gold then like everybody else like started like getting into the chat like this little slack work slack thing that we have going and like one of the characters is like well Bodhi is now my mortal enemy but he doesn't know it and like they started actually like role playing in the slack with each other having not even played D&D yet that's so cool my little heart grew five sizes. I was like, I'm going to die of a heart attack right now because I can't pump enough blood. It's yeah. like the, re- the real Dungeons & Dragons was inside them the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm really excited. I got my Lego minis because I'm using Lego minis for all of my uh, bad guys. And they're going to be dressed up like, you know, construction workers and stuff because I was cheap and bought the $20 Chinese set. And <laughs> I started making maps, and I've pretty much got the adventure laid out, but who knows what'll actually happen, because it's D&D, and they will never follow a path. Robert, have you ever D&D'd before? I have played twice. Wow, that's cool. Yes, yes. Both, both times I was taking over for someone else's character that they had started, and then they were gone that week, and it was mostly so I could... Uh, drink my friend's beer that he had brewed and eat their delicious food but it was fun i mean that's really why anybody goes to play D at all it's for the snacks Obviously. and the beer, and the beer Obviously. yeah 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 no so my whole plan is to like like full-on old school D, like order pizza have hot shows yeah. it's amazing food. don't don't forget the mountain dew yeah well maybe i'll mountain forget that because i don't really like mountain dew what but, is yeah. why why it's not about liking or not liking Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's like saying, oh, I don't really like Domino's pizza. Like, well, no, no one likes Domino's pizza, but it's delicious pizza. It's de- like, it's not, you, you don't need a sommelier to sample your soda pop. Like, it's Mountain Dew. You drink Mountain Dew because you're playing D&D. This is not, it's not a science equation. We will probably have beer. There will be lots of beer. I mean, I feel like you should have some non-alcoholic options, though, if somebody doesn't want to drink. But also, I completely agree with Robert on this one. Like, it's it's, <laughs> it's the experience, and you have to have it for the experience. All right, maybe you'll get, like, a little one. You force that Mountain Dew down their throat. If they, like, it doesn't matter. You say, I am the Dungeon Master, and you will drink this. But you just force it. And, but they have to stay in character drinking it. Like, what is <laughs> this strange bubbly tonic? Some sort of serum has been injected. I feel like I can fly. Yeah. Oh, you I most certainly fly. can't. And you will need to go to bed <laughs> in 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> so Andrew L.A. asks... <laughs> oh, right, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Which stars player would have the best time at El Dorado Canyon State Park in Colorado? If you have not experienced this great place, you may substitute another park. Uh, Carolyn, you're the one I've never familiar been with Colorado. Yeah, but you're the Colorado. Like all of Colorado is beautiful. Like it's just, have they been to this beautiful state park? My, I think really what Andrew wants to know, as opposed to last time, which was who is the softest of the bros that knits and has an Etsy store? Who is the most rugged of the bros? Hmm. Well, it's too bad that Jordy Ben isn't still here. Right, like Jordy Bed is the obvious answer, but he's no longer yeah. on the stars. Yeah, um, that feels like Roman Polak might actually have taken that over. Uh, before, I definitely would have said 
probably like Stephen Johns because he's from like tiny small town in Pennsylvania. So sure, he drives a truck, you know, but Roman Polak probably enjoys just punching the rocks while he's up there. I mean, that, yeah, that feels real. I wonder if it's Mark Mathot. Like he's both the softest and the most rugged bro. Mm. No. No? No. I don't I think he could climb with his, with his pinky thing. It's dangerous climbing rocks. <laughs> Pinky stabilizes all that. So he got married recently, right? And the stars like posted a picture of his wedding. And I felt so bad because I really like him. And I'm sure his wife is an absolutely amazing person. But all I can think when she was in that picture was that, oh my God, she's wearing a Panina Tournay dress. And I don't know if either of you have watched enough Say Yes to the Dress to understand my extremely visceral reaction to seeing a Panina Tournay in the wilderness. But it was basically the same reaction I had when Robert said Bazinga. <laughs> That's the Bazinga is the first word in that sentence I understood. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a lot of Say Yes to the Dress, but I don't, I do not have a visceral reaction to Panina Tournay. Uh, I mean, to each their own, right? But it's for me personally, I'm just like, ah! Yeah. Well, when you marry Mark Mathot, you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm talking to all of us, but yeah. Oh, okay. We can all dream. You don't want to marry Alice Hemsky? I will thank you not to utter words without proper respect and reference. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to talk about things that are very <laughs> deeply connected to who I am and what I want uh, for myself and for my future <laughs> in such a lighthearted, dismissive manner as this. So I would appreciate it if you would tread lightly um, mm -hmm. on my soul. Marion, do you want to ask the next question? <laughs> I want to explore this a little bit more. Oh, oh, we sure. will have time. We will oh, that's, have time. We will have time. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Grant, why did you leave this question for me? You're such an asshole. Okay. Because oh, I knew you would be, you wanted a chance to redeem yourself after ship shape. <laughs> did I really? I didn't say that out loud. I didn't even think that. Okay. That deep spiritual connection. I felt it in your soul. Graham asks, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <sighs> Listen, buddy, I had to read it out loud. I know. I, I mean, this is this is Graham, though. He knows better than this. He does. He knows better than this. Yeah, absolutely. Fair. We is, all know better than this. This is but... this is this is. I mean, Graham. I the, like the Graham is like he knows how to make like good, funny Steve Dangle videos. Like this, he's he's a professional. He works for hockey teams. Like this he's, is amateur he, hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is Graham. This is like someone. Uh, like you're watching a soccer game and then, you know, a ball like hits someone in the head when they're not looking. And then you say, Oh, that's using your head. Like, no, no, it's not. Don't say that. No one ever uses that phrase unless they're using it ironically because someone got hit in the head. Don't say that. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. Here's a question. How much wood could woodchuck chuck? Chucking. You don't know what that means. And a woodchuck could chuck wood. If chucking just means throwing, a woodchuck could. It's not. It's, it's an absurd hypothetical because it's not hypothetical. It's an actual question that you can answer. And 
it's relative to its body mass and its various appendages and its will. I mean, does the woodchuck desire to chuck wood? Like, it, the could it's based on determinative power, not just physical ability. But no, this is Graham. Just oh, hey, I got a question, Graham. Shame on you. Is this the Applebee's of questions? This is no. This is like the uh, this is like the Wendy's of questions. Wow. Yeah. Wendy's is clearly the best of the fast food options. <laughs> yes, the one with the square burgers. That's great. <laughs> Wait, hey, What's... no one buys the burger. You always go for the spicy chicken. Okay, yeah, that, that is 1,000% true. You do not eat the burgers there. So let's go to the hamburger restaurant where we dare not eat the burgers, and then let's get the let's processed... Let's the burgers are going to kill you. Yeah, I wouldn't say... Gooey pink like chicken gel that they've fried no it's like yeah. the no it's the sandwich which mm. is not gooey pink chicken, chicken gel, gel. Process. what gooey talking- pink chicken gel are you talking about the teletubby machine no the mic yeah the, mic- <laughs> the, the nuggets no one yeah. is ever talking about that no there was a post on tumblr that went around they were like this is what like this is the pink substance that makes up your chicken nuggets. And it was a fucking Teletubby machine. Oh, oh okay. okay. Cool. That yeah, is what yeah. I'm talking about. Then yes, I was. Then yes, I was. Okay. You- hey, you need to go try a, chicken, a spicy chicken sandwich. Because no. no. that is not at all what they are like. That's like if you told me Little Caesars has amazing like breadsticks. I'd be like, uh, I, mean, I mean, maybe. But again, they cut their stuff into weird squares. So I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> hey, Robert. Robert, it's not the natural Robert, shape that pizza grows in the wild. Robert? Yeah. Robert? Yeah? The chicken sandwiches are not square. They are, in fact, chicken breast shapes. They so are, they're, not even, fact, they're not even consistent. They're, in fact, shaped like Maybe a chicken it's square. Breast. Maybe it's shaped like a chicken breast, which, you know, that an easily identifiable shape for everyone. Okay, Robert, Robert, you know that... <laughs> you know that... Hamburger patties don't grow in circles, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's too much like, meat that you form into a shape. Look, I'm not sure how cows work. Okay, I don't live. Who says they can't be fucking squares? They could be heart shaped if you wanted. They could be like starfish shaped. Like that. That would be ironic, actually, if they were round meat. Yeah. Okay, if somebody at some point, one of these stars players, doesn't make a stars. Uh, a star-shaped hamburger patty is their like AAC hamburger of choice. I'm gonna be really mad. See, the problem though that brings to mind the image of the raw like meat being like shaped and cookie cuttered, you know. And now we want like handcrafted. Everything needs to be hand touched by someone's hands now, like hand scooped ice cream, like hand breaded. Like I would really toss. appreciate it. Everyone wants hands all over their food. Martin Hansel. Like, get your hands <laughs> off every- I do not actually want hands all over my food. In fact, the fewer human hands that touch my food, the better. Yes. Thank you. It's, Thank you. Technically, you should be wearing gloves if you work for, you know, a company. That I don't know. Uh, Robert. Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. Taylor asks... Would you fight a horse-sized Stephen Johns or a dozen rubber duck-sized Stephen Johns? Uh, well, first of all, Stephen Johns already is the size of a horse, I believe. That is true. Yeah. Um, a dozen rubber duck-sized Stephen Johns that I 
I think I would take the one the one horse size Stephen Johns because again you're just asking would I fight Stephen Johns and that way at least I know how I would die and it would be quickly and with one punch <laughs> to the to the face and through the face whereas the dozen it would just be like I mean in Jurassic Park like what's more traumatizing the T Rex getting the guy in the bathroom or the guy that gets like you know attacked by all the tiny little dinosaurs in the definitely in the, the tiny little dinosaurs. the tiny ones like right that's what everyone you don't want that like give me the T Rex chomping my head off on the can every time. At least it was quick. It was quick. And it's iconic. Like, we, you love that, you know? That's just great. <laughs> Are you saying that your death would be iconic if Stephen Johns punched you through the face? Um, I, it would be if it happened at a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> or, or say you're sitting on the front row of a, of a hockey game, and the glass gets, I don't know, somehow, somehow they break through it, and he just punches you right in the face. There's a follow-through on trying to punch <laughs> somebody else. They would talk about that forever. Well, first of all, he could say he was trying to punch someone else, but I'm sure we would all know he really did mean to punch me. I mean, maybe you shouldn't have written that about him on DVD, Robert. Yeah. Hey, I don't think I've written too many negative things about him, actually. Honestly, I don't think you have either, but I just wanted to say it. Yeah, I don't think that many people have written negative things about Stephen Johns in general. I don't think that many people have written about Stephen Johns. Fair. Fair. <laughs> the fate of all Dallas hockey players. That's true. Right. Okay. Wes asks, what's it like working with Wes Lawrence? I hear he's super sharp. There's follow-ups to this, but I'm going to uh, let you answer that one first. It's not ringing a bell. Okay. All right. Wes, so, Wes, Wes, no. Yeah, Wes I don't know. Snipes? I don't work with him. That's not, I mean, yeah. I guess he makes okay movies. If also, Wes would ever do a podcast again, maybe I would remember his name. But he hasn't done a podcast in like eight years, so maybe get on it, Wes, whoever you are. <clears throat> whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. Uh, also, Patch, you ready? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. What you we- gotta, no, you got to do the intonation. <laughs> also, Patch, you ready? Also, Patch, you ready? Patch, what you would ready? You for Carlson. I mean, what, what's the question? Like, Patchy Ready? Yes, please. I will yeah, have I one. Know. Thank there's, you. Patchy Ready doesn't really come with the question. It's just Patchy Ready? And then he's asking, what would you give up for Carlson? Uh, yes. Yes, yes to both. Yeah. Yeah, I would, also, I would also give Carolyn's Firstborn for Carlson. I would definitely give Carolyn's Firstborn. Secondborn, no way, because that one probably will learn from your mistakes. <laughs> What what would be I mean what's the most you'd be willing to give up to get Carlson on the team? The most um I would be willing to give up Dickinson and Honka and and Yanmark. I would give up those three for Carlson. What about Heiskanen? Where did you fall in the Heiskanen line? Nah, you can't you can't give him up. That's stupid. It's it's too much like you have to look at production per i'm not saying you but like one has to as we all know look at uh efficiency and the production they're going to get from his and like for his salary which is to say he'll be like one of what only like three players on an entry-level contract which is not good um they you you, you gotta have that you gotta have good players making not very much money so are you gonna get 10 times the production from carlson you're gonna get from his probably not so nah can't do that plus you have him like for a billion years so mm-hmm Yep, but I'd give I'd, I'd give do a painful trade like Dickinson, Honka, and and Janmark. Like, I don't, would that make the stars better? I don't know, but I would do it because I would want to see Carlson. So I don't know. I'm a fan. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. yep. 
I don't think that there's any roster player other than like Sagan and Ben and Klingberg that I wouldn't give up. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I actually I would I would probably give up Ben for it, but Wow. Oh shit. (laughs) That's just based on age and scoring trends and kind of like you know that, no, i'm not saying that is a good trade or one they should make same with the the three players i mentioned before i'm just saying what i would do i would look at those two and be like i think this team could still be okay not great i don't know i mean i'd just rather see carlson as something different and i love i love the guy i'm not sure he's as good anymore or if that actually be a smart trade but yeah i would, I would probably give up ben for it but you know robert we're not friends anymore yeah that's that's, that's fine I can, I can handle that. Wow. Oh. Wow. All right. All right. All right. I'm, gla- I'm, I'm kind of glad this is the last question here. Oh, yeah. No, you go after our feelings. We're going to go after your feelings. Uh, no. So Jason no. of Damn It Jason no. fame asks. No. No. Not <laughs> if you this had one. to choose between a million dollars or never seeing Alice Hemsky again, which would you choose? And just remember, Robert, you brought this on yourself. Did he hang up? Uh, no, I didn't hang up. I'm I'm trying to figure out what that splashing noise is in the background. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you during bath time. <laughs> it was my. It was my. My cat Wait. was playing with plastic on my desk. Okay. Are you playing with twelve duck-sized Stephen Johns in the bathtub? I am, in fact, playing with twelve duck-sized Stephen Johns okay. in the bathtub. Yeah, so we're friends again. Then that's cool. Um, I would take the million dollars and then use uh, 600,000 of those million dollars, assuming that I don't have to pay taxes because shady. Um, and then I would sign, I would sign Hemsky to try out a deal in my backyard and we would just be friends. That would be. So is that cheating? Is that cheating? Well, it's hard to say. <laughs> no, it sounds like it's cheating. Also, I would give him all of the million dollars because he, he deserves it. He has a he's a new baby. He needs he needs diaper he's, money. He's yeah. They need they need to make money. I mean, people only buy so much jewelry. So I mean, <laughs> they do take long extended vacations to the Maldives every summer. So somebody's got to fund like, that. I feel like they might be okay on money given the giant Oilers contract he ended up playing through. That's pretty big. I mean, it's not like giant. It's like thirty six yeah. million dollars. Yeah. I mean, like they assuming they did good stuff with their money, like they'll be okay. But yeah. Yeah, we'll I, I feel like I feel like he'll be able to retire okay. Yeah, but everyone hated him because they're everyone is horrible. So, I, I mean, you know, does that cover over the emotional scars? Uh, we didn't we didn't hate him, by the way. We loved him. Yeah, well, I'm glad you guys understand. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice to know. By the way, I just found out yesterday where the Maldives are. I didn't. Where do you do? You, do, you, do both of you know where they are? You probably do. You know things. I know where they are. Yeah. Uh, do you, okay. Do you want to know why I know where they are? Because what? when I saw that they were vacationing there, I clicked on the location where she tagged where they were <laughs> because I didn't actually know where they fucking were. No. Why would I know where the Maldives are? We were trying to guess yesterday, and I. I was like, well, it's. I know it's like a vacation spot, so maybe the, is it the Caribbean? No, it doesn't sound. Like, oh wait, Maldives, Maldives. Maybe it's near Greece. Like, yeah, maybe it's in the Mediterranean. Yeah, no, wait, but maybe is it off Spain? Like, there's the Canary Islands. Is it like there? No, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe near Greece. I was not correct. 
No. <laughs> not even remotely. Not, not remotely. Also, yeah. I can't believe people go there because that's like where airplanes go and disappear and they're going to vacation there. So yeah. I mean, that's a little weird. But okay. First of all, I can't believe that people go there because it's in the middle of nowhere and that looks nope. terrifying. Yes. Uh, the other thing that I can't believe is that like I was looking at because, you know, they keep showing like she keep kept posting all these pictures of like them misting Milo all the time because he was so warm. And I was like, wait, what temperature is it there? It's like 80, 90 degrees all the time that you're there. And they're not using air conditioning. And I can't <laughs> imagine why anybody would choose to go somewhere that is 100% humidity and 80 degrees all the time. That sounds miserable. Yeah, and she I believe she's from Brazil, and he's from Czech Republic. So it does, maybe they're just splitting the difference. I yeah, well, because they, they spend the rest of the summer in the Czech Republic, so yeah, they okay. might be just yeah. splitting the difference. Yeah, but that just sounds so miserable. Like, why? Yeah. Why would you yeah. do that on purpose? Well, I'm sure he had a good reason, Mary. I'm sure he had a good reason. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Aside from that. Oh, I mean, aside from that. Yeah. Great backdrop for all the photos of jewelry. I mean, yeah, there were a million beautiful photos of them and their stupid family and how adorable they all are. And how stupidly beautiful they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, we know. We know. Can you imagine? How beautiful that child is going to be as he grows up. I, I, I fear. I fear how beautiful it will be. It's like Galadriel with the one ring. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful and terrible as the dawn. Yes. I'm a queen! <laughs> and that's all we have for you today. <laughs> I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I'm Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. Where can we find you, Robert? Um, I'm on, you can find my work at DefendingBigD.com, and I'm on Twitter at Robert Tiffin, uh, which is like Griffin, but with a T instead of a G-R. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, everyone spells it wrong, so I this now they'll still spell it wrong, but I'll get to tell them they're stupid. I mean, that sounds like fun. Yep. It, it, it's, I mean, I, I do what I can for myself these days. Well, is Griffin spelled with two eyes? Yes. Which, oh, how do you not know how Griffin is spelled? It's a mythical beast. It's been around literally longer than yeah, like recorded history. Okay, in like the Griffin mythical spellings, spelled it usually with a has a y. y. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're <laughs> old English. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm using the correct spelling. Of the sorry, spelling. I didn't realize we were using Chaucer's dictionary here. Well, you can't say it's like Griffin without telling us which spelling of Griffin. <laughs> yeah, and then it also has like four I's and three E's on the end of it, too, I guess. So, fine. Griffin. You can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And if you have a longer question, comment, or want to debate the spelling of Griffin, you can email us at deepheartthockey at gmail.com. If you would like to check out our blog, where we will be posting a link to this podcast, uh, it is at theparthockey.wordpress.com. And if you would love to be really nice, go online on iTunes and give us a little five-star rating. And if you could, you know, write us a nice little review so that people know that this is a okay podcast. I don't know. I, I feel weird using the word good, especially after the podcast we literally just recorded here. <laughs> You mean the one where hey, you can remember hey. how we started our podcast? That one? Yes, that one. That, that exact podcast. <laughs> also, don't forget to go on YouTube and check out Rover Dangerfield, starring Rod Dangerfield. 
Give it a thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, and don't forget to look for Robert on Defending Big D. And me, sometimes there as well. You. Uh, bye. bye! Bye! Bye. Also, sorry. <laughs>